Florida heat hits me as soon as I step out of Fort Lauderdale Airport. It's early April and I have just endured what felt like the longest winter in the UK. I am thrilled to be this warm. I'm heading to Miami where the strip clubs pay so well that I'm here to earn the deposit on a house. But I'm flying into Fort Lauderdale as it hosts Hustler, the mecca for stripper outfits and shoes. It's filled with cop, nurse outfits, diamante jewels, pleaser shoes as high as they are long. It never disappoints. I grab tomorrow night's outfit and make my way to the cashier. $120 later, I emerge fully stocked with all my stripper garms. Next stop, the W Hotel in downtown Miami, my home for the next month. My friends are already here, the club is about to open, and I can't fucking wait. November 2015, two weeks before Thanksgiving, and my plane is touching down in Miami, Florida. I'm here on a mission. I've just produced a huge theater event for my cabaret company, House of Vixens, back in London. It was a creative wonder, but a total financial disaster. After working my fingers to the bone, I am 5K in the hole, and I don't have the cash flow on hand to pay everyone. I was in despair. Then, Heaven told me she's making thousands of dollars a night in Miami at a club called Eleven. This seems like the obvious choice to solve all of my problems. I get myself and my dog through customs, pick up my two huge suitcases, head to the car, and set off for my Airbnb before tonight's audition. What could possibly go wrong? Hello, Buffy. How are you? <laughs> How are you? How are you? I, How I'm are you? Fandabby dozy. What? Yeah, I'm deciding that. <laughs> Sorry, who says that? Every episode, I'm gonna come up with a new. Is that an adjective? <laughs> <laughs> to describe the way that I'm feeling, because otherwise it gets the same. It's just like, oh yeah, I'm good. Where's Fandabby dozy? Fandabby dozy. Who says know, that? I'm sure I've heard that said somewhere. But in like some. It weird... might be from a show or something. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, but anyway, I'm glad to hear that. I'm good. That's How are fantastic. You? I'm I'm great. You know, I'm not fan Dabby Dozy, but I'm pretty good. <laughs> not that level. <laughs> um, so, as you heard in our opening intro stories, we are talking about Florida. Yes. And Miami. The fantastical place that is Florida. I mean, it's a pretty special place. I I feel like I need to sort of set the scene a little bit here. So. Miami-Dade itself in 2020 had 40 strip clubs. Time Out magazine had an article that was like the 11 best of those strip clubs. Oh, wow. And the Miami Herald actually had a journalist assigned to writing about said best strip clubs. So that was like a whole job. Yeah. So, so it's kind of the mecca, the, the strip club mecca, but not necessarily great. I mean, well... Depends on who you depends ask. Depends on who you are. Yeah. Depends on who you are. Yeah. So I would say that Miami uh, in itself and Vegas are sort of like the two big places. I, maybe Texas as well is quite big on the, like you get some big cities. It depends cities. where in Texas. I know Austin's rubbish for dancing. Yes, but, that's um, true. But yeah, but really like when you think of strip clubs in America, you do think like Miami, Vegas, and New York. Those yeah. are probably the three places. Um, and so Miami was a great choice for us because it's like, well, in the winter there, it's still quite nice weather. So that was initially what really drew me to that was like, I want to go to Miami because I 
just want to be on the fucking beach in March, yeah. Yeah. basically. So I remember being on the phone with you and talking to you about Miami. So I, you know, I spoke a little bit about this in our opening stories, but I was running House of Vixens, which we had just put on this like amazing showcase that was creatively like incredible. Mm-hmm. We we had five floors, 17 performers. It was an insane show. It, yeah. It yeah. was kind of like an immersive cabaret where you could like walk around this amazing building that was, um, it was like a private members club and yes. they had big taxidermy. There was a huge taxidermy um, polar bear yeah, and you I could mean, walk around from room to room and see all these like erotic performances. And, and you had like- so Really you, fucking cool. It was very cool. And you had, when you came in, you got this like little booklet that would let you know what shows were happening yeah. and what time. So people were like running between different rooms trying to catch yeah. everything and I mean it was a there was huge... like a parade through the bar of yeah. all these sexy naked ladies so it was, it was a huge undertaking yeah. it was an all-female cabaret as well so we did this sort of uh, erotic cabaret experience immersive mm-hmm. experience and um I am creatively quite good at those things financially um I just sort of go I don't care we're, we're just going to do it and I don't care what money I make so yeah. I made no money um <laughs> you made minus. I made beyond minus money I, mean, yeah. I learned a lot on that show I learned yeah. that you don't pay people hourly rates oh. um, because they spiral out of control very yes. quickly I think I had like 12 staff members I mean it was yeah. just and I remember you paid us all well I mean I it was which is lovely but also like it was very challenging. Yeah. So I was speaking to you on the phone. I had just been hit with a bill for um, like, well, I mean, I won't even say how the whole thing cost, but I was negative 5,000 pounds. Right. Um, it had been a really big success. We had sort of had great press and everything. So, you know, mm-hmm. I was really proud of myself. My parents had flown over for the yes. show. Um, Everyone that I invited fucking loved it. Yeah, it was amazing. Time. And it was an incredible night, but I was fucked and I had like no money. And so you were talking about your experience. <laughs> and anyway, so tell people what you told me on the phone. So- I was at the time saving for a deposit in a house. So I thought, okay, going to go to Miami, going to sit on the beach in the evenings. I'm going to go to this super club that I had heard of called Club 11. Mm. So it's basically like, I think it came number three on the, on the, the top list. Yeah. strip clubs in Miami. Um, it's it's a super club. It's open 24 hours, seven days a week. So they literally never have time off. 365 days a year. Yes. And they'll have like 150 girls on per night. So it's a big club. It's got three different stages. Um, and I had just heard from other strippers, you know, you kind of hear these things through the grapevine. Yeah. Like, oh, go to Miami, go to 11. Um, they say like, oh, it's a really weird audition. And like, sometimes they take you and sometimes they don't. So it was kind of notorious for being like, uh, the kind Find a place that like was really weird with the auditions sometimes. Didn't you know somebody who went in and they said no and then she came yeah, back with a wig? Yeah, and she came back the next night in a wig and they said yes. So yeah. like they, you really just don't know. So it's a bit of a like, oh, fuck it. I'm just going to spit in the wind. Um, and so I turned up to Club 11. Um, I auditioned for the first time. I got the job. Um, I went with the, I had the long dark hair, like super tan Miami look. Um, and yeah, I made a fucking fortune. I remember I was pissed. I remember being pissed off because one night I came home and I'd only made 1200 pounds. Yes. I think that was the conversation we had. And you're like, yeah, Yeah. like, I mean, I was annoyed at only making 1200. I'm like, oh my God. It was ridiculous. So where were you staying when you were there? I lived in the W. Excuse me? This is the stupidest thing. And like, when I say it back to myself, I'm like, are you fucking insane? You lived in the W. Because I was that lazy 
that like I had enough money to be that lazy to not go and get an Airbnb because I couldn't be bothered with the faff of signing into my Airbnb Maybe. account. God. What, and just like, I think I'd forgot my password or something. And right. like, instead of just like getting a new password and just fucking sorting it out, I was like, I'll just go to the W. I'll just <laughs> stay there and I'll just live there for like a month. <laughs> And so I did. And uh, yeah, it was great. It was, it, it cost a lot of money. I actually don't know how much. I think I blocked it out, <laughs> how much I spent on living there. But I do remember that it took me a while to save for my deposit on the house. And I went back and forth from Miami quite a few times. Right. Um, so I don't think I was quite saving as much as I thought because I, I mean, was just fucking blowing it You're also very young and having a yeah. great time, which is an experience in itself and yeah. pretty much all I've ever done. But your experience on the other hand well so I am like okay great you know I'm gonna do this so it was like really close to Thanksgiving first fail do not Mm -mm. uh try and work in America during Thanksgiving like Mother's Day and Thanksgiving are big no's and Christmas time is actually rubbish it's really bad on that yeah you're better to go on the other side of the year so like end of Jan is a good time to like head out to Miami for strippers who are deciding to travel do Mm -hmm. your homework on the time of year I did not do my homework um so I turn up and I go to 11. So first of all, I was staying in an Airbnb, very organized. Um, I took my dog with me because I was going to be there for, I think I booked for like seven weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I didn't want to leave him alone. So I found an Airbnb that I could have my dog with me, um, which was quite cute. It was like a little kind of kitchenette thing with a bedroom uh, that was in somebody's backyard. So it was like I was staying like somebody was there, but I was by myself, basically. Like a self-contained. Yeah, like a self, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so they were really nice and really friendly. And the wife was from Venezuela, and which there's a huge Venezuelan population uh, mm-hmm. in Florida as well, especially in Miami. And um, so I went to Eleven to do my audition. And there was just this tiny, angry little man who clearly hated me the minute I walked through the door. Like, I, I think I'd also gotten a fake tan to like sort of try and oh, Miami yes, myself Oh, yes, I up. remember. And um, like a hairpiece. And I got, I had like a yeah. hairpiece. I was like as Barbie-fied as I could possibly be. And I wore not black. I wore like something white. So I'd be like glowing in the light, um, which was all advice that you've given me is yeah. like definitely like try and lean more into like day glow Miami. So I, and I, I actually looked great, but he just didn't like me. And as I know the tiny little man. Yeah, he was awful. Yeah. And as fellow He's strippers know, if the manager takes a dislike to you, you're fucked. Yeah. Um, and so when I went up to do my audition on this like really f- weird little stage that was just like tiny, I mean, yeah. you, you could like hardly, a podium. Yeah, it was like a podium. Yeah. So you couldn't even really do a stage show. And it they was, just cram everyone up there in the audition together. Yeah. So I basically just went on this little podium. And as soon as I stepped foot on the podium, he just turned his back. And started talking to somebody at the bar. So like wouldn't even, and there was nobody in there. So it was like quite early that I went in. So he would not even look at me when I did my audition. And as I came down, would not even like my eye contact with me, nothing. And was just like, yeah, there's probably a better place for you um, called Wonderland. And oh, they sent you to Wonderland. Yeah, and I was just furious and really upset. So yeah. I obviously went home and cried. Oh, <laughs> oh you didn't go to Wonderland. I didn't go to Wonderland because I could just, no. If, if a strip club ever tells you. I did one shift at oh, Wonderland. Oh, tell me about Wonderland. Well, so I went with my friend um, who didn't get the job at Miami and I did. And so she was really upset, but she still needed to make money. So they were like, why don't you girls just go and do a shift at Wonderland? And I was like, okay, I'll be a supportive friend and go to Wonderland. And Wonderland is not 
Wonderland. <laughs> Is it not one? It's full not of wonder. It's not full of wonder. <laughs> no, I had some guy tell me that he wanted to boil my bones and drink it as a broth. Okay, which I thought it was kind of sexy, but <laughs> I did have serial killer vibes. So I was like, mm-hmm. I tried to track him down and everything. I was like, come back, you. <laughs> He was Venezuelan. Oh, he is good. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I I do know enough to know that when a strip club says that to you, it's just the the shittest place and don't go. And also, like, I know. You didn't even make house for you. No, I'm sure you wouldn't. And also, I like, Miami is a pretty, like, it can be kind of a rough spot. So I was like, I'm not going to go to some random strip club from a man who won't even look at me uh, because he tells me I belong there because I just know that's going to be like the bargain. I mean, they let my friend go on stage while she was crying. Yeah. It was like a really sad, we, we, we joke about it and call it like the sad pole dance because she was like holding onto the pole, like sobbing and like quite drunk. And I was just like, I can't look at her because I'm fucking myself. <laughs> As a supportive friend. Um, so then you had another friend, uh, let's call her Penelope, mm-hmm. who was working at Scarlet's Cabaret, yes. um, which makes it to number one on the time it out list. It is number one. Yeah. Um, and so she was just like, yeah, they'll really like Buffy there. You, she, she, she should go try out there. So I sort of gathered myself together. I mean, and keep in mind, I am in the hole. I need to make money. Like yeah. this trip is like- The pressure is on. The pressure and I is think on. that's a really difficult position to be in anyway. So and that, I was like, alone. Be in a new city in a place that you're not really yeah, getting on Yeah, I was with, alone with alone. my dog. Um, and so I go and audition at Scarlet's Cabaret. And so the first thing I notice when I walk in to go there is that the security to get into Scarlet's Cabaret is like going into a prison. So that, yeah, there's like a four door system where you have to walk up, you press a buzzer and then there's a camera. I'm not sure if I'd feel good or bad about that. I wasn't sure either. Like, like why do you need this four door system? So it's yeah. like the back door that you have to go right, into. Okay. And um, so I basically press the buzzer and then somebody lets you in. And then there's like a waiting thing between two doors where somebody lets you through another set of doors. And then you sort of come to another door before you get into the changing room where the offices are. So it was... I mean, it was like, it felt very hard when everything like you buzzes. You feel like you're never going to get out of there. Well, again. I felt like, like, I don't know, like Oz. Did you even see that prison show on HBO? <laughs> it was like, you had the buzz and everything when you're getting let in. So I was like, okay, I guess it's very safe inside here. And so then they have these huge change rooms and all these clubs are what would be called super clubs. You yeah. know, they're A hundred plus girls a night, basically. hundred plus yeah. girls a night, you know, the, like multiple. If not more. I think some not, of them yeah. are like 300. I yeah. Mean, insane. I mean, it's insane. And like, I, so God knows the amount of customers. I mean, they are absolutely gigantic. Mm -hmm. So I come in, the house mom was really nice. She was like very um, kind of abrupt, but you can tell that she just dealt with lunatics Mm -hmm. all the time. So just to have somebody who was like able to make eye contact and knew what their name was and could give like a consecutive sentence seemed to really be like up her street. So we sort of went through the whole thing and then I did my audition. I got the job. So I was like relieved for that. But this was a 45 minute drive from where I got in my Airbnb because I was expecting to work in Miami. Isn't it in Fort Lauderdale? Yeah. Yeah. So I was like already that was like great. Um, And then you start getting sort of introduced around the floor. And it's like, I'd never worked, like since I worked at Spearmint Rhino for like a week, I'd never worked at a big club like that. Mm -hmm. And so it was suddenly like, there's seven stages you know, it's a lot to learn. It's a lot to learn. Every yeah. stage had its own name. So there was like the champagne stage. There was the, I don't know, like this podium, main stage, that stage and whatever. And so it's like, it's pretty overwhelming. Mm-hmm. I mean, what was it like at 11? Well, there was only three stages. So it wasn't like, I I mean, I remember the first night being really confused. Like, where are the toilets? <laughs> like, you know, when you go to a big school, you go to a new school or something, you're like, what? <laughs> 
a knockout. And you just, yeah, you feel like you're kind of fumbling around, fanning around, asking people that really don't give a shit and don't want to give you any information anyways. Yeah. Um, it was kind of that vibe. But then once you get used to it, you're like, oh no, it's pretty, it's, it's pretty easy to work its way around. They have like a big main stage there because they have a lot of, sort of rappers come in okay. um, to Miami, which is, and they do like guest spot appearances. Well, yeah, because 11, DJs yeah, they have and, like big, I mean, the worst yeah, music. The worst like house music you can imagine. It's not house can't, music. They can't even call it house. No, it's like it's, uh, fucking. I don't know what it is. Oh, it's EDM. EDM. Yeah. It's what awful. Americans think is house music. But like it's awful. American EDM is just a different kind of terrible. Um, anyway, it's like Miami Music Conference, just terrible, terrible. I call it spaceship music. I think I've spoken about this before, yeah. but it's always. Carry on. It's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> Was that, or it just is always like about for liftoff? Like it's always like something's about to right. happen, but yeah. nothing happens, and then nothing happens, and the drop yeah. is shit, and yeah. the drop is shit, and like, and did you guys have those, um, those like really intense smoke machines? Yes, yeah, 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 that are like chirogenics. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so. Th- when the I do remember, I think I have talked a little bit about it before, but whenever I didn't really get any tips in Miami, so, but they would be Did like you do the sad pole dance. As I, well, well I didn't cry on stage. <laughs> I just saved that for at home, like a grown up. Um, but I remember when you were on stage, they would like announce over the tannoy. They would be like, "Girls, secure your money, yeah. secure your money," which I was like, "What?" And like you would literally because the women who were making a lot of money would like. Hold on to your tips. Well, they would belly flop on top of their like piles of cash. So you just see them like running and be like, poof. And I was like, I'd pay to see that. Yeah. I I don't know how their tits didn't explode because they all had fake tits. But they were just like, I mean, and then they were like crouching over this like pile of money. So it didn't get blown away by the cryogenics that were going on. And I was just like, oh, in all like the space. It It was really chaotic and stressful. And like, you know, my whole vibe is like sultry Mm -hmm. and slow moving. Subtlety does not work in Miami or in Florida in general invisible is what I was but we would have like so the seven stage situation was basically you had like the main stage that had two poles on it then you had these two small podium stages that were behind the main stage with the two poles on it then you had one two three it's just like they have an unnecessary amount of space to fill yeah so So they just like like, need to do that so then there was like this one that was like basically the width of a bar so it was just really quite narrow and that Mm -hmm. had three poles on it right and then there was like another set of stages I think behind that one or two more stages that was like right in the back of the club mm. but they would make you go on them irregardless of how busy it was could you be on stage for like a fucking hour yeah and you also were not allowed to leave the stage until the next woman after you oh I hate you. that they did that uh, in Australia it's a fucking yeah. piss take because so, you've got like some drunken yeah, idiot who, never who can't turns find up. their way to stage and then just leaves you there and they shout at you if you try yeah. and get off the stage they're like do not leave your podium she until you, you are you, relieved because no. in Australia like if you're late to stage yeah. and someone is sat there waiting you have to pay them that seems fair which to is me, cool because yeah, yeah, that's yeah. like camaraderie amongst you like yeah. respect your colleagues well you don't yeah then you don't get the whole like people getting pissed at each other like, no no, no exactly you're just yeah. like whatever it's, you know you, you pay your you way make some money out of it. Yeah, yeah which i accept that and i mm-hmm. think that that would have been a better system mm-hmm. but um but yeah it was just like totally chaotic i would always be going to the wrong stage or having to like ask somebody be like is that the champagne stage and they're mm-hmm. just like no it's over there um nobody's very friendly no the yeah. cuban women do not talk to anybody else but the cuban they barely talk to each other mm. uh let alone 
to the other Cuban women. It was like, I mean... Yeah, it's very like everyone sticks to themselves or to their little groups. Yeah. Um, it's not, and it's I not be like, like in England where everyone's everyone. friendly. Well, yeah. and all, like you are actually quite good in these clubs. Like when you and I have worked in other places yeah. together, you're like fine with nobody talking to you. I'm, I'm not quite happy with no one talking yeah, to I'm me. I'm not fine with that. Like I was trying to make friends and like the only people <laughs> who would talk to me were insane. So it was just like, I was either just completely ignored <laughs> by don't somebody. do friends in Miami. No, no. who's somebody who like didn't, sort of was just pretending to not speak English yeah. so they didn't have to talk to me or it would just be somebody who I was like oh my god are you trying to traffic me like yeah. I don't know or try to go home with you I yeah. did have that with a couple of the girls yeah what but, for like sex or just yeah yeah oh, yeah okay they just fancied you and no, like nobody... I took it as like French I don't know I just got the wrong end of the stick I think <laughs> I didn't go back but <laughs> I, I didn't nobody wanted to fuck me either like oh. it was just <laughs> Oh, this is a really sad trip. <laughs> I mean, but then I kept on like coming back to like you being like, I mean, people are basically like throwing money at me in the street. Like I just like, there's so much money. I don't know what to do. And I was like, where, where, where is, is this? this money? Like that nobody knows what to do with. I mean, like there is nothing sadder than like $1 floating through the yeah, air, that's, yeah. which was yeah. all I would get. Or like there'd just be some like massive dork who liked me. And like, but everybody else would ignore me and he'd like have five, like five pounds oh. or five dollars. You know, like I just. It's also very much like a booty shake place and I can't imagine you getting on oh all fours no. and shaking your ass. Whereas and like, I'm like very down to do that. Yeah, I, you were. It did fuck up my knees quite a bit. <laughs> like I have some floating cartilage on my knees. <laughs> <laughs> so the DJ, because he was like, oh, you're an alternative girl, I see. Um, so the, I love rock and roll. No, I would have loved really that. Bait. It was, <laughs> no, I don't, I, I could not even describe the song what that he was chose either. but it was I've heard Nickelback is bad oh um but it was ne- I don't know like that that's as close as I could get to like but it was like angsty and they say that a yeah. hero that something one. like that but it wasn't even <laughs> that song it wasn't a recognized like I'd never heard it it was like have you ever heard like royalty free music like when you sort yes. of search it so if you tried to search like alternative rock and roll royalty free music with vocals it would be that like I was just like what the fuck is this so I'm on stage like dancing to literally like because it was like you could either do that or spaceship music so oh. and I'm kind of like uh I mean, you know, like I'd those, go with the spaceship, I don't know, to be honest. You know when you're like, you're a kid and you like play that game where you're just like, would you rather die yeah. by jumping into a pool of lava or being stabbed a million times in the yeah. eye? And you're like, well, <laughs> with that amazing choice in front of me, let me think. So it was like this stripper performance version of that. Um <laughs> And like I would like nobody would watch me. Like people would like turn their backs on me because like my butt was I mean, like it sounds awful. It was so and I feel so bad because I'm the reason you went there. <laughs> like I was like singing its praises. I was also really drunk for the entirety <laughs> of it. So like you also can't trust anything that I said at that time. I because mean, it's good to know that now. I like <laughs> I blacked out most of that time of my life. Um I would like to say that I blacked out, but um I I You were sober, you did it. Oh, I was Stone cold sober. Yeah. Sober. I mean, you wow. do you do like a blackout drunk. I love a blackout drunk. And that was the time in my life where I was like, I made it a mission to oh. be blackout drunk every night. Well, look it at really that. worked in my favor. I mean, but look because, at you succeeding. Yeah, no, I fucking nailed it. <laughs> I remember I went to the bar. I, I ended up working in Key West, which 
for anyone that doesn't know, it's like the southerly most point in the Keys. So it's the southest that you can go in Florida. So if you can imagine Florida and then take it fucking south. It's pretty south, weird. I've gone there as a very kid. Strange. It's like full of like strange hippies. And- yeah, it's it's an interesting place. I have a, a massive love for it, but, um, but it's also fucking weird. Um, so we went to Key West because it was a place where me and my friends could all work together because the sad pole dance thing couldn't go on any longer, basically. Um, and so we went to Key West and I remember going to the bar at work ordering seven Jaeger bombs uh-huh. and staring the bartender in the eye and doing every single one of them <laughs> one after the other it's very aggressive. like a real respectable adult <laughs> I mean, what, wait, because I, we'd made it our mission we were kind of like against the management and the, the management had put us on alcohol ban I wonder why so like I mean it seems like so unreasonable I, could, I was like oh she's serving me okay I'll have seven <laughs> So I would order like seven drinks. Good. I ended up in hospital that oh, night. You don't yeah, say. Hospitalized. And my friends <laughs> all ditched me in the club because I was being such a nightmare. They all went home without me. I continued to drink. I then had an ambulance called for me. I went to hospital. They put me on a drip. Um, I shouted at everyone. I told everyone they were boring. Yeah. And I was bored. And my friend had to come and pick me up. Apparently, I ripped the IV out of my arm, threw it on the floor, called the nurse a cunt, which is really weird. You shouldn't do that. Um, <laughs> oh, that's the thing then, that you're, You shouldn't... Ju- just that. Just, just don't, don't call that. a nurse a cunt. Everything else is fine. I roly polied out of the hospital, telling everyone they were boring. Like, with no shoes on. Just... I mean... <laughs> What were you wearing? I don't fuck. Probably still my work clothes. Like, I can't imagine. I was like, oh, hang on. Let me just change. I mean, now that you tell that story, maybe it was a bit deranged of me to take your advice about anything. It was totally deranged. Oh, my God. No, that was a time in my life where not only was I an alcoholic, I had black mold poisoning as well. Excuse- so I was like ill. Um, from the dancer's house. So I stayed in a dancer's house Okay, so tell Key us West. about the dancer's house. Oh, wow. Okay, so... I stayed in a dancer's house in Key West because anyone that's been to Key West to stay uh, on vacation or whatever, it's really or whether expensive. they, it's so expensive. Like you cannot, you can maybe find a boat at a reasonable price to stay on. I get and, quite seasick. And so yeah, no, not good for that. Me. And yeah. also not good if you're an alcoholic because you probably <laughs> won't find your way into the boat. You'll probably just end up in the fucking water. So I was like, okay, gotta skip that one. <laughs> so we stayed in the dance. Captain Sensible. <laughs> in the dancer's house which was interesting it was kind of like a wooden house I don't want to describe it as a shed it was definitely a house it was it was a house but it was just like quite shack like and um there was probably about seven of us dancers at the time staying there so like a bigger shed yeah no it was better than a shed it was a house it was a house but it was just you know like those sort of beaten up from like storms and whatever you know that kind of house yeah Um, and so we had to we were in bunk beds in like these tiny tiny little dorm rooms and closets yeah in the closets (laughs) and we all noticed all of us got sick. We all had some respiratory issue. Like we all thought we just had like a cough thing. Uh, and then we looked into it more. We realized that like the whole ceiling was just covered in black mold. So we all had like black mold poisoning and then we're just drowning our sorrows every night and like 
Alcohol. Well, alcohol. What sorrows? Like, you had no sorrows. I had sorrows. Oh no, we had poisoning. We weren't we weren't <laughs> well. So we were like, let's poison ourselves more. Yeah, double up on that poisoning. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I actually also got a respiratory infection from being in Florida because it got really there was a cold snap. Oh, uh, and yeah. so if, but if you turn off the air conditioning, it gets uh really moldy yeah, very quickly. Of the humidity and and I had yeah. a yeah, I had like a, a chest infection for about three months. It's quite a common thing, like in Florida in particular, to get these issues. I mean Florida is like the lowest on my list of places that I ever want to go back to is definitely I wish that I'd been there with you but then I would have murdered all your friends this is oh you would have murdered me too I mean I mean this is before we were actually super close friends yeah and when we became really close friends like I wasn't getting as fucked up so I was getting fucked up here and there that's true not like not every night like blackout drunk you would have got fucking annoyed yeah that's true I was really annoying but also you're like when you're with me I feel like you are kind of like oh you're like an adult version of myself and then when you're like with that yeah yeah those friends don't really like bring the adult out in me no (laughs) no they don't I mean I remember when we all got kicked out of the dancer's house so yeah we got kicked out yeah um you got kicked out of a black mold shack yeah we got kicked out of black mold shack and we had to stay in this like uh you know like a like a not like Great State America or whatever, yeah. but one of those I mean, close. Of motel type mm-hmm. places. And we were all sharing like two beds in one room. Uh, there was four of us. Um, and we went to the club one night and we left our passports, our money just like out. What? And my friend decided to leave the club with some random guy who'd stopped by like on, I don't know, he was in the army or something. He'd stopped by uh, Key West and left the club and went back to our hotel and took the room keys with her. So we couldn't like get in. She had this random guy. She was blackout drunk. And we were just thinking like, fuck, we're going to get robbed like all our money's going to be gone all our passports are going to be gone so this was the kind of chaotic situation that occurred I'm on a nightly just thinking nightly basis <laughs> yeah and I remember being pissed off at her like really annoyed at her and what was the management like in the strip clubs oh my god they hated us oh okay. they hated us you specifically like, there was this one guy so my manager's name was Alan yeah um and I don't know if you ever saw that like viral video of like the it's like a creature like a womble like a womble <laughs> a wombat <laughs> Wombles aren't real. You like, just... <laughs> like some so sort it's of a human being cat. dressed it's like okay. it's a creature, and it's just like you mean um, the gopher. Yeah, like yeah, okay. So like <laughs> yes, this, I have some kind of video. creature like that, and it's no, just no, going. No, it is a gopher, and then it okay. So and then it's dubbed over with a man's voice, just saying, "Alan, Alan." <laughs> yes, I have. Seen Alan. That. Well, I would only speak to my manager like that. Oh wait, he, so, and he, like, he wouldn't that... have. He couldn't have a conversation with me. Well, I'd you couldn't have like, a conversation with him. Alan. Alan and I remember one night he was like if you say that one more time I'm sending you home and I was like Alan and he was like get out so we had a really great relationship with management um I was I was sent home three times from work which I've not really had before actually in all my stripper career um until finally we were all fired we all turned up to work one night and we were all excited about making money and I think there was some kind of event happening at the club um and we got to the door and they wouldn't let us in oh wow so you really (laughs) were they officially sacked us all so you're like barred from Key West basically yeah I mean I was basically trying to be teacher's pet because I was hoping that everything would work out for me at Scarlet's, which it never did. There was like 
six different managers because every area had a different manager. So you had like somebody for the VIP, somebody for a certain section of chairs and tables and whatnot. So like I could never really get like a handle on what the situation was in there Mm -hmm. and which really stressed me out because I just like like to be in control and understand. And also like I always – like I've always made friends with like the top management in any club that I'm ever in. Or I'm always on very good terms with them because. But in America, it's all about tipping them. It's all about it? tipping them. It, nobody it's like gives a they fuck. don't care if you're nice. In England, it's like just be nice, do your job, turn up to stage, don't be late, and you'll be you know a yeah, favorite. But no. in America, no, you have to pay them. Like, and if you're not making any money, you have really nothing to tip yeah. anybody with. So, like, my tips were just like not good enough oh. to have anybody talk to me. Um, Did so, you actually come back with any profit from zero? That? None. None. I went back twice. Wow. Like, because I was just like, okay, I'm going to try this again. Right. Okay. Um, so I did like, I really did put the time in, but then I decided to go back like right before Christmas, which was the, oh, also the worst no. time. So it was just like, it was such a massive fail. And oh. I remember, so they have like at Scarlet's, they have this huge main stage that had like aerial hoops and everything like Mm -hmm. that so like the sort of top top women in the club were the they were called the lira girls i don't really know what that means because i'm pretty sure that lira Lira is is a currency currency. um but that's what they called them Uh, but they were basically like acrobatic pole dancers and one of them she dressed like um harlequin from uh what's that film you know like uh, margot robbie yeah yeah so she had her hair dyed half red and Uh um half blue and she would be in the whole outfit every single night and she was so mean like she was just the meanest person ever and I was like hi your stage show's amazing and she just like looked through me and then the other woman who was amazing like hoop and pole artist as well just like same thing she had a really weird face beautiful body um but same thing just like wouldn't even and they were like the favorites because they would make a lot of money on stage and then they had like so were they strip as well yeah 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 they were strippers um and they but they were like the sort of favorite strippers through doing shows right, kind of thing. And they were okay. incredible athletes. I mean, yeah, what they did, yeah. and there was like, they'd be this big announcement, like now turn to the stage, our amazing Lyra girls are doing their set. So they would do like a whole choreographed oh, piece they were, like, in the, the middle. Mean girls but they the... were really mean. Yeah. They would not talk to me at all. Mm. Like ever. Which I imagine you really didn't like. Yeah. I was just, it was like really hard going. <laughs> like, and I made friends with one woman at the dog park like outside of the club so she was this french aristocrat you love a dog park friend well it's like anything for my dog basically (laughs) but she was this french aristocrat who'd moved to miami um I probably should have seen the red flags when she started giving me like a little bit too much information about her life um, as like insane person but I just went with it because I needed a friend. Um, so I used to meet up with her in the daytimes a little bit. But for the most part, it was just Rupert and I in the daytime. And then I would just like go into the club and kind of be alone, but surrounded by <laughs> thousands of people. <laughs> so, you know, I was like, I'll take the crazy French lady. And I had this one evening where that was it. Like I decided that I would actually rather just be alone alone because we went to a restaurant and it was right next to my birthday. So I was spending my birthday there and I think it was like my 32nd birthday or something. And she was like let me take you out for dinner. I was like, okay. And I'm going to go to work. I was like on my way to work from there. So I was full makeup, had my bag with me, everything like that. And we're sitting at this table and take it, we're in America, right? So she 
then looks at me and was like, I can feel your aura is feeling very upset right now. This is my French accent. It's not very good. Um, like, I, I want you to hold my hand and we are going to, uh, you know, I'm going to give you energy. And I was just like, oh, fuck, oh, man. She's barking up the wrong tree. So barking up the wrong tree. And But like, I also was like, I don't want to be rude, you know, and whatever. But then I'm holding her hand and she closes her eyes and starts like humming. And I'm just like looking around and everybody thinks we're praying because we're in the South, right? And I'm just like, I'm also really fucking not down with that. Like, uh, I don't want to sit in a public space and look like I am praying uh, over my food with you. But she did it for ages. We were just sat there in silence. Like an awkwardly long time. Yeah, with her closing her eyes and humming, holding my hands. Why humming? I don't know. She was like passing energy through or something oh, like okay. that. I, like, I have no idea. And this was my uh, birthday. Um, and I was just like, I want to murder you with a spoon uh, is actually Did you have to then that. sit through the whole dinner yeah. with her? Oh, no. Uh, yeah. So I was like, you know, I was kind of feeling okay, but... When you did that, that really took me downhill. So I just remember having to go into Scarlet's on my 32nd birthday after being hummed at by some oh. weird French aristocrat. And then, like, the only woman who talked to me at the club was just another insane person from the Seychelles who had glammed on to me but was in fucking sane mental who kept on trying to like climb up me at one point because she was so drunk and climb up yeah you? i don't know she oh. kept on like falling down on the floor and then was like trying to she's like your legs are so long <laughs> it was like trying to climb up my legs i mean it was just chaotic and like and i made nothing no oh. money nothing and that was also the first time i ever worked in a touching club Right. So on top of that, you're trying to deal with like, how do you set new boundaries in a in a touching club that you've not worked at before? It was really full on because it yeah. was full nude on stage, but mm. you do, you get to cut. Well, you got to keep your thong on in mm. the private dances, but it was like people would like full on like try and like dry hump you. They were basically like oh. trying to fuck you through their jeans. Um, that took a minute to get my head around yeah. and I was like oh, okay and oh. I just remember like when I was signing my dance contract you know you sign a contract when yeah, you start yeah, a yeah. New it's all very official in um, even though like all of it counts for fucking nothing and <laughs> basically whatever but and I just remember looking over at the CCTV and being like oh 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 is that how that's what you gotta do we're dancing in oh, here yeah. okay because my whole thing as well is like there's a real thing to being able to seduce somebody without touching them Right. So that they are, you know, that they want more dances, but they've never touched you where the sort of now but I, that, the crudeness of that club of like just basically just you gyrating work on with somebody. That now. Yeah. Well, now I still am able like when we went over to Vegas, I was able to find the happy in between between yeah. the two of them. Um, but, yeah, it took me like a, a week of kind of working out that like just because people could touch you doesn't mean they can touch you however they want. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, I sort of looked around and figured it out quite quickly that I was like, OK, no, you don't get to do that oh you should have come to key west i think, key I think west you would have, have liked great it because it's just a, a row of dive bars yeah that's like way more and it's street. just like you know it's the wild west anything goes but you have maybe 15 20 girls on a night so it's like not big at all those it's clubs just were like always chill. much more yeah. my street like mm -hmm. that was always kind of my thing and also like the big super clubs those clubs were like nightclubs people would just go there to party so it was like a lot of times if you worked on a weekend you go up to somebody and like they don't want a dance they don't want to talk to you they're like that's their club yeah and they would get bottles i remember like a lot because oh, a lot of people no. from cuba and venezuela people love the bottles yeah with the bottle thing and like i remember this couple they both had matching louis vuitton track suits on oh, with louis no. vuitton sunglasses on and the whole like it was just like oh. and they were getting bottles yeah and they're just like and like everyone parades out with like yeah, drums yeah, yeah. And, like and they're just like shooing me away yeah. like just oh, it's like very cat. showy it's very sort of like flashy showy like miami is not a nice place it's no it's not it's my not favorite. somewhere i would ever now choose to go um 
I chose to go because I could get blackout drunk every night. Because and you pretty much my were only making reason. so much money. Did you guys have to do t-shirt selling? No, we didn't have to do was that. Not like a thing? That. It's not a thing. That, it wasn't a thing for me anyway. So that for me, I think was probably like the height of humiliation. So at Scarlet's, you have to, sell, you have to yeah. sell merch, right? And so there were t-shirts and hats. Yeah. Every you have to do hour, this in Australia. But, yeah. So but. every single hour, there would be this like weird like mix of music where it was just, it was like opera that would come on. And then it would be like... <laughs> Like sort of like the start of a boxing match, actually. Right. You know, like you would get like they always sort of like do the this, ring like, girls come out selling yeah. stuff. Or well, whatever. They, no, right. they would just do like a medley of like oh, oh. and then they'd be like the amazing Scarlet, yeah. you know. And so basically, the thing was is that you would have to parade round with these T-shirts. So everybody, every woman in the club, had to go and pick out a piece of merch. You could not skip this. Like they would find you in the toilets. I tried to hide in the toilet and the manager would literally come in and get you. That's also shit if you're in the middle of trying to make a sale. Or pooping. Or or pooping. <laughs> yeah. Like, or like there's lots of things that like, you could be that's doing. Really inconvenient. Doesn't matter. Yeah. You have to leave, right? You have to go get no. your t-shirt and they were all lined up. So you get a pile of t-shirts and they were all in the back. So these were all like where the dance areas were. And there was a guy who, you know, the down, dance counters. Mm-hmm. So you'd have people who basically watch the cameras and watch how many dances you do so they can take their cut. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you'd have to pay them at the end of each dance cycle. And so they would have all the t-shirts. So you go pick up the t-shirts from them. And then you have to parade round with 150 women with T-shirts in long dresses as well. We well, had you have to wear, to wear the T-shirts. You have to hold. Some girls wore them and actually it looked like they're having a lot more fun than me because they were sort of just like, let's get in the spirit of it. Uh-huh. I was just like, if you can imagine a cat being forced to like wear a sweater I kind and of want to go around. back in time I, I was sit front so center and angry. imagine a cat who's just been grabbed from having a poop uh, forced to pick up a neon t-shirt I would always try and find one in black so at least it would match yeah. my outfit black is also not what you should wear in those clubs because you literally no. disappear and then you have to go on each stage walk around and sort of like smile and wave at the customers, right? Because you're trying to engage with them. Does anyone actually fucking buy a t-shirt? Yes, because the whole point of it is that when you buy a t-shirt, you get a discount dance. So we have to do a (gasps) dance for $10 for three songs and they get to keep the t-shirt. Three songs? Yes. No, that's a fucking joke. Which is why they won't let you hide because they make all the money on the t-shirt and on top of that- $10. You make $10 and the customer is really happy and the customer is always right because we're in fucking America. And That's so the worst. It's like, that is, awful. I, I categorically wouldn't work at that club for that reason, I think. Like, I, I think I mean, I'd just be like, fuck that. It was the scooting you out of the toilet was the yeah. bit that I just was just like, fuck. I'm shitting. I mean, yeah. <laughs> like, fuck off. <laughs> and just me as like selling merch. And then you would like, and then I would like, you'd do the most resentful dance oh. that you could ever imagine because you're just thinking this is a $10 dance. And like, I mean, it was... Oh, no, you should have come to Key West. Like Thank the you. Thank you there, for that wonderful advice I know, now. Sorry, a little bit eight years too late, but... <laughs> I mean, half the girls are, like, wearing flip-flops. Like, Excuse honestly, me? Yeah, no, I like, want to hear more about the flip-flop No, so dances. you would have, like, you would have stood out. But they actually made money. wearing flip-flops. Yeah, girls would come and wear flip-flops. Like, girls would, like, not wash. That was me. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was rotten. Like, there's, there's a thing about Key West is, like, whoever walks in the door... They could be a multi-millionaire, but they'll be wearing like cargo pants cut off and like a fishing t-shirt and a backwards cap. Like it's that Excuse kind of me? level of like, oh, 
Oh, yeah, I mean, low competition so rate. It's exactly. So it's a great place to work. See, I don't mind healthy competition in a club, but I, I, I think Miami 100% taught me I'm not a big club You're not a person. Miami person. I am not you would have smashed it in New York as well. And I'm really sorry that I also didn't give you that information because I did work there too. So I yeah, should have known better. Thank you. I was you. also blackout drunk. So And now yeah. I'm too old to travel and strip <laughs> so although this sounds like i'm just complaining about miami one sad, sad story i actually credit this as being like one of the best things i've ever done in my entire mm-hmm. life because it was immensely uh humiliating out your comfort zone deeply humiliating Seriously. out of my comfort zone you know everything that made me special that's how you grow it is how you grow, but everything that made me special in my club of like my subtleties, mm-hmm. uh, my ability to have a conversation, mm-hmm. um, slow, sensual movement was absolutely fucking useless <laughs> in this super club surrounded by people in matching Louis Vuitton uh, leisure wear. Um, and it was good because I went back twice. I failed twice, but I love stripping and I love strippers. And I, you know, had the chutzpah. The chutzpah. The chutzpah. We like that. Uh, to continue. And I actually met a woman who was from Carolina and she was lovely, um, quite young. I think she was probably about 23 or something. And she just watched me on stage, came up to me and told me how nice my stage was, which oh, was nice. really made a difference. Um, and then was just saying, you know, you would do really well at this club called Palomino in Las Vegas. Yeah. Um, she was like, they would love you. And I made so much money there. I made more money there than any yeah. other club in Vegas. It's the most consistent. It's, and- it's one. Of, yeah, it's probably the nicest club I've ever worked in absolutely it was, and had it was I not, a delight to work it there was with a delight you. and um <laughs> if and and it was like you know I think some of the best times of our lives yeah. and if, if I had not talked to that woman and had that experience I never would have found out about no. that um and even when I went to um Las Vegas I tried a big club first because somebody else had told me to go to Crazy Horse mm. and did not get hired there either similar situation of just manager turning his back on me and but it was a big club and situation like horrible super clubs yeah. yeah and then I was like ah I remembered back to this woman telling me about Palomino and I was like I will go there and it was literally like walking into cheers but with tits yeah and it was the best place I've was, ever worked in my a life great place, yeah. um so that was where we really formed our friendship as well because I came it's where up. we fell in love it is it is <laughs> it's like our honeymoon like our little like honeymoon romance in Palomino in Las Vegas and it was yeah it was amazing so and I, I remember I remember driving home uh, on my second trip from Miami and I was in my rental car and it was three o'clock in the morning because my flight left at like 6am or something and I had to drop everything off and I had made negative money and the song on my playlist came on, which was Save Me by Aretha Franklin. Uh, and I just screamed uh, in my car at the top of my uh, lungs. Uh, and I really felt like I released something there yeah. and then went home. And dusted myself off and went to, and Vegas. Went to Vegas. So, you and know. The rest is history. And the rest is history. So, if mm-hmm. I can say anything, is that I love being a stripper. Mm-hmm. It doesn't always work out great. So, women who listen to us who are strippers, um, mm-hmm. if you haven't found the right club for you, start thinking about what kind of stripper you are. Do you yeah. like big clubs? Do you like small clubs? Some women yeah, really be thrive. honest with yourself as well, because yeah. where someone is making a lot of money, like you, you know, might not. You may not. And it's totally fine because there will be a place out there. 
Your, is, your very own yeah. Palomino, maybe even Palomino. Maybe even yeah. Palomino. We always recommend them. But, you know, find your good spot and understand mm-hmm. yourself. And this also, you know, extends to anybody in normal lines of work. You know, it's like not everywhere is going to suit you. Um, maybe the big office, you know, that's really cutthroat and intense yeah. is going to be something that you thrive in. And maybe finding a mom and pop place to work is going to be something that's better for you. And mm-hmm. you spend an awful lot of time working. So ideally... Make sure you're happy for at least, yeah. Some like, of it. Some or of it. being surrounded by people that you like... Or if you're somebody that is a bit of a lone horse and you can make it out in that kind of way and it doesn't impact you, fantastic. But just understanding a bit more about yourself, your working Mm -hmm. style, and what it is that you need in your day-to-day life, i.e. me, desperately need to talk and have friends. You need friends. And, you know, you, um, really happy on your own with nobody talking to you at all. Yeah. Quite, quite a lone ranger. Except for me. Except for you. Only because you forced it upon me. I had no choice. This is true. But aren't you glad I did? Yeah. Okay, so on today's listeners write in, we have a question from somebody we will call D because he's asked for his name not to be used. Um, he used to frequent the Rhino, Spearmint Rhino for those uninitiated, um, and he wanted to know, one thing I've never cracked was the polite way to decline a dance. Is it better to say so up front um, if a girl sits down to talk to you or to have a polite chat first? So what would you say, Heaven? I, I really appreciate it when guys say, I really don't want to waste your time. I'm not yeah. going to have any dances, but would you like a drink or do you want to stay and chat? I normally decline I feel like, back. Yeah, but. <laughs> absolutely. I feel like there's also like a good pause time for that as yeah. well. Like, because if you walk over to somebody and they immediately be like, I don't want to dance. Yeah, um, yeah. No, that's rude. Yeah. Rude. No, no. I think you kind of have to say like, it's lovely talking to you and I'm really happy to sit and chat to you, but I probably won't get any dances tonight. I would also really appreciate when somebody would take the time to just, you know, be like, say, oh, you look amazing tonight. Or mm-hmm. if they would also just say, I'm just really not, I'm into blondes or I'm into yeah. whatever. Like Give you a shit sandwich, right? <laughs> like, so a compliment with a bit of shit in the middle and I then mean, a nice compliment to round it off. But it's not even a shit sandwich. It's just saying the truth, which is yeah. that we all realize that we're commodities in there and that we're all sort of selling a particular product. And my product was tall, angry looking American with um, big natural tits and with brown hair. So if that's just not your bag, then mm-hmm. I'm quite happy to hear that you'd like small, petite, lady with blonde hair and glasses on I'm looking at you you sort of look like a balding man because you got... <laughs> thanks <laughs> well, I'm not balding you've got <laughs> I've got <laughs> this really weird hat on <laughs> she danced with me today <laughs> I put a hat on the other day and my partner was like no 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 you look like one of those dames in pantomime and you look like your name should be Edna oh. so I think my hat gear is just not up to standard right now <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to be... Bold man or Edna. I'm going to go with you on that one. So the other thing was, you know, what's the polite phrase to use? And I don't think that there is just one phrase. I think it's just... be be, authentic, be yourself, but don't be rude. Don't be rude. Don't be an asshole. Don't shoo somebody away. Don't have a big, massive, long conversation. If you know, you're not going to have have a dance. dance. That is like Like, super time wasted. I really hate when guys in the club will call you over specifically to come and talk to them, they'll have a whole, like, I don't know, 10 minute conversation, which in dance time is is a long time. Um, And then they'll be like, oh no, not tonight. No, I'm not doing dances. And it's like, well, hang on a minute. Don't call me over. Yeah, that is actually awful. Never do that. That is definitely top game of never doing that. Or call you over and say, look, I'm not going to have a dance, but I just wanted to say da 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 
I mean, just don't fine. call me over. But just don't do it. Yeah, just, <laughs> so, like, just go, it's not necessary. Yeah. Um, you know, if I come up to you, that's a different thing. But yeah, definitely yeah, don't call dancers over. You're never going to have a dance with because it's just time wasting. And if somebody does come over to you, polite, let them at least get like a tiny spiel out to you or something like that. Because also when people like sort of interrupt you mid-flow, it can just feel... I don't know. It sort of feels like being like a pigeon shooed away yeah, or something. Yeah. So don't shoo dancers away like pigeons. Yeah. And, Let me uh, just like do my pitch and then. <laughs> for a uh, moment. But yeah. For a second. Yeah. For... I don't know. Read the room. Read yeah. the room. Be polite. I think mm-hmm. that's the best advice we get. So thank you, Dee, for sending thank in your you. questions. And um, keep sending your questions, guys. We love them as always. And uh, I will see, see you, next, you week. next week, Heaven, and you guys will hear us. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in today. If you haven't already, we would really appreciate you hitting that subscribe button and leaving us a positive review. All show notes and social media links can be found on our website, www.strippersintheattic.com. This episode was brought to you by House of Vixens, produced by Stephen Armstrong, editing and post-production by Adam Grigg, original music by Myron Cohen and Hart McNee. Thanks again for listening, everyone. I'm Buffy. And I'm Heaven. And together we are... Strippers in the Attic. Strippers in the Attic.